0: Happy Easter! Happy Easter! You can go ahead and find your seats. (laughs) Resurrection Sunday, He is risen! Praise the Lord! Praise the Lord! Man, worship was so wonderful. Thank you, Lisa and worship team. That was just, I really had a very deep encounter with the Lord. during That was amazing. We're so wonderful, wonderfully thankful that you're here. Um, if, you, if it is your first time, we ask that you would fill out a connection card on the seat back in front of you. We would love to connect with you and um, invite you deeper into our church.
1: Yeah, so there are several opportunities for you to get connected for men, women, young adults, and youth. Um, we just ask that you follow us along on our Facebook page. You can keep up with our events, and you can also see that our church work day is coming up here in a few weeks. Um... Our kids are super excited for the Easter egg hunt that's happening after service today. Woo! And all the parents who like to eat their candy. (laughs) So we have hundreds and hundreds of eggs that are ready to be found. We just ask that if you're not participating in the Easter egg hunt, if you could just wait a little bit before leaving
0: just for safety reasons. And Mark, did you have anything else? Yes, so on April 30th, we have our baptisms here at the chapel. If you would like to be baptized, we, we would love to baptize you. Please connect with us. You can sign up back at the connection table in the back, and we would love to do that with you. Um, if you would, <clears throat> go ahead and give a hand to our pastor. We're so thankful, and, and we appreciate him. He's holding his grandson right now. <laughs> Look at that. Praise God.
1: Happy Easter. Isn't it a great day? You know, this this is bigger than Super Bowl Sunday. This is the ultimate. You know, a lot of times I like to start out with something a little bit comical and and that's argumentative, I know. Uh, But I heard a story about a man that died and went to heaven and Maybe you've heard this, maybe not. But he got to the pearly gates, and Peter said, "You know, C- come on up here to the gate." And he looked in the book of life to see if his uh, his name was in there. And after several minutes, he uh, Peter scratched his uh, chin and said, "You know, it, it's not that I haven't found anything good. I haven't found anything bad. Could you, could you share with me on on earth? Did you?" Did you do anything good? And the man said, of course I did. I I can tell you one right off. He said, "Uh, one time I was driving down the highway and I saw a motorcycle gang on the side of the road. Big, burly guys. And I saw that they had surrounded a lady that had broke down in traffic and and they were all around her car. And So I pulled over, Peter, and and I, I, I got out of my car and I got my tool, my tire tool out. And and I went up to the gang and I, I kind of cut through the gang and I looked at them all and I said, hey, if you're going to get to her, you got to go through me. And Peter went, really? That's fascinating. What happened? The guy said, well, then I took the biggest guy there, the, the leader, and I took my tire tool and I bonked him on the head. And Peter said, really? I don't have record of that. When when did that happen? And the guy said, about five minutes ago. (laughs) Now, a lot of times, people think in order to get to heaven, they just have to do something good. And, And the question is, what is good enough? Because there's not a definition of what's good enough. But the Word of God says the truth that the only way to heaven is through Jesus and what he's done on the cross for us. You know, we, we celebrate this day every year, if you didn't know it by now, but it's called Easter. And the reason for Easter Sunday is we don't celebrate just the cross because the cross was on Friday and, and it was wonderful. Wonderful. But just because a man said that he was going to come and die for our sins, that that is something. But when a man says, I'm going to die for your sins, then I'm going to be buried on third day. I'm going to rise from the grave and he does it. That's something to take notice of. And people can argue all they want was he, you know, was he God? But really he said that he was God. So, you know, we've heard it said before that either he was a liar or he was a lunatic because he said that. Or that he's Lord and today I want you to understand that he is Lord and he is here even in our presence to show how much he loves you. And on Easter Sunday morning, we're reminded of all the things that he did. Just just stick with me for a few minutes here this Sunday morning and I want to give you hope because a lot of us can, be, can become discouraged in our life. A few months ago, we have another holiday called Christmas and it, it happens around, uh, when is that? About the end of December sometime. I think it's the 25th. You remember that? And we celebrate Jesus coming as a baby, but the good news is he grew up into a man. We don't worship a baby. And when he came to be a man at about 30 years of age, he went into ministry, He picked men to be his disciples that would change the world. And through his message, we saw different things or we can see different things in the word of God. I mean, he would pick disciples like Peter. Huh? Wasn't that fascinating where Peter's fishing, he doesn't catch anything all night and Jesus shows up and says, hey, why don't you take me fishing with you? Oh, nothing like a carpenter telling a fisherman how to fish. But he said, I'll do it. And Jesus says, push out into the deep. And some of you know the story, but stick with me. He says, throw your boat or throw your, what did you? say? Throw the net on the other side. And sure enough, a great catch is caught that day. What happens to Peter? He goes, oh God, get away from me, Jesus. Get away. I'm a sinful man. Some of us have felt that way too in our lives. But Jesus says, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. What you've seen today is just so little. I'm going to make you fishers are fishersmen of men instead of just fish? You see how he he changes the disciples' life through his ministry, and as they go around and teaching the truths so of the word of God that we know today, he feeds five thousand with just five loaves and two fishes. Can can you imagine? Stick with me. If you were one of the disciples and you actually saw those miracles take place, would you not have hope? That God had come down to earth to change the world? Now think about this. Some people believe that Jesus came to die for us to kind of stop the heavy or the mean hand of God. But I'm here to tell you that that's not the truth. Jesus came to show the love of a father that said, I want to spend eternity with him. And through what my son will do on the cross, if they believe in him, they'll never perish but have eternal life. Throughout the ministry of Jesus, you can see people's lives change. People's lives are healed. I mean, people are raised from the dead all through the Bible. You see that. That's why we call it the gospel. But another name for it is what? Good news. The Bible is a bag of seed, not a bag of don'ts. It's a bag of seeds of the truth, of the word of God, and when planted in our life and we allow it to grow by listening to the voice of God, all of a sudden there's a harvest that takes place of righteousness. This morning I want to talk about hope versus discouragement. This morning I want to remind you that you can do the life that Christ has come to give us. You can do it. Can you just say, I can do it? I can do it. Say it again. I can do it. Some people get all caught up in I don't know if I can do it. And the reason you can do it is he paid for it all. He paid for it. But it's up to you to make that choice to believe that you can do it. See, in the Bible, in all of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, at the end of it when it gets to the crucifixion, Remember that all the disciples will abandon Jesus. Peter will deny him, considered probably, you know, maybe the number one disciple. I always like to think John is. And Judas will betray him. And both of them will get to the point of discouragement, but one will get up and the other one will give up because of discouragement in his life. This morning I want you to look at Luke chapter 24 and I'm going to read a few verses today. This is taken place after the crucifixion and on the third day Jesus is resurrected from the tomb. But I want you to think about the time that they see Jesus on the cross. The time that he says it is finished. The time that gets back to some of them that are scared and they can't even come to watch that. And what's going on in their mind. See, disciples had followed him. There was a large group that followed him at one time. And they abandoned Jesus out of discouragement that they couldn't do what Jesus was asking. And Jesus turned to his disciples and said, are you going to leave too? And and they said, where are we going to go? We've given it all up. But I want you to see with me and just imagine what was going through those guys' minds when they know that he's died. There's disappointment that has come into their life. There's discouragement. See, when we grieve the loss of somebody, we go through stages, they say, and and some of you have gone through discouragement in your life, and those stages are denial. No, no, he couldn't have died. Then the next stage is anger. Maybe they could have said, you know, I feel feel tricked. I, I put my faith in him. Then there's bargoing, bar gr- say it with me. <laughs> what do you think I said? All right. bargaining Yeah, that word. <laughs> and maybe they began to say, you know what? We'll do better if he would just come back. And the grief that came over their lives began to bother them and 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 the next stage is depression where there's a feel of hopelessness that'll come over a person's life and it's like going into a dark room and they can't have any light they just want to stay in that stage but see Jesus came back he rose from the grave and he sees people and it gets back to some of them and they won't believe they think it's nonsense The disciples can't believe that Jesus actually would do what he had said, all his ministry he was going to do. So in chapter 24 of Luke, this is what he says. Don't you remember the words that I spoke to you when I was still with you? I told you that everything written about me would be fulfilled, including the prophecies from the law of Moses through the Psalms and the writing of the prophets, that they would all find their fulfillment. Then it says that he supernaturally unlocked understanding to receive the revelation of the scriptures and said to them this, everything that has happened fulfills what was prophesied of me, Christ the Messiah. He was destined to suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. Now you must go into all the nations. Now listen to this and preach repentance and the forgiveness of sins, so that they will turn to me and start right in Jerusalem. For you are my witnesses and have for yourselves all that you have been witnessed and seen for yourselves, all that is transpired, and I will send the fulfillment of the Father's promise to you. So stay here in the city until the mighty power of heaven falls upon you and wraps around you. He was speaking about the Holy Spirit that we enjoy today in our lives. Another book in the Bible is John. It's found in chapter 29, and there was a disciple, and we know him as Thomas. And what do we know him as, a.k.a. Thomas, doubting Thomas? Maybe he was going through grief and the denial process and thought, there's no way. I I know that he died. I, I don't have any more hope. But when Jesus showed himself to Thomas, he said this in verse 29. Jesus said to him, because you have seen me, Thomas, do you now believe, trust, and have faith? Blessed and happy and to be envied are all those that have never seen me and yet believed and adhered and trusted and relied on me. That might be you this morning, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ. If you're a disciple, a disciplined learner. You and I have never seen Jesus, but yet we still put our faith in him. But this morning, you might not be there yet. And you might be in a place where you say, you know what? Because I can't see him, I can't put my faith in him this morning, I want to encourage you to think about that again. See, because when you're not a believer in Jesus Christ, there's something that comes over us. And that belief is that things are not ever going to get better. And it leads to discouragement. And what I found out that discouragement is followed by destruction. I I talked to a lot of people and and sometimes my wife, Gwen, and I will go places and, and she's like, oh, no, because she, she's a little bit embarrassed, but I'll strike up a conversation with anybody. Maybe that's like you. I mean, I'll be on a cruise ship and I love talking to the stewards and the different people. And, you know, I, I, I get into uh, discussions, you know, kind of, you know, ways that, what? You're, you're from Puerto Rico. I got family from Puerto Rico. Matter of fact, they're here today. It's good to see them. <laughs> and, and, and I begin to talk to the person and, 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 and then they realize pretty quick, I don't know a lot about Puerto Rico, but I, I've got a connection. Talk to a waiter. You're from the Philippines. My daughter-in-law is from the Philippines. Ha- or She's half Filipino. May. And then, and then I go on and on and, and I begin to talk. But here's what I found out, that we're all different. But there's things that we do in life that we go through a time of discouragement and it's what is in you or let's say who's in you that will determine what becomes of that discouragement. You know, I've never had someone say to me, I'm so encouraged in my marriage, I just love my husband, maybe I love my wife, but I think I'm going to get a divorce. I've never heard a student say, you know, I am so encouraged in my studies. I'm making straight A's, but I think I'm going to drop out. I'm so encouraged at my job. I love my boss, but you know what? I'm going to quit. The common thread with people that get a divorce or drop out of school or maybe even quit a job or, listen to me, even commit suicide and quit life You can ask any counselor. The common thread is discouragement. This morning, that emotion that they share is something that I'm talking that doesn't have to be in your life. And the reason that we celebrate Easter Sunday morning is to understand what hope is. The five characteristics of the disease called discouragement is number one, that it's universal. Now, listen to me. All of us go through seasons of our life and we experience discouragement. That doesn't mean that you're there all the time, but all of us have experienced it. The second one is that it's repeating. You'll go through discouragement in your life. What we call it is being on the mountaintop is an encouraging time, or being in the, the valley, you know, is the discouraging seasons of our life. It's repeating. I'm a pretty encouraged person, but I go through discouragement. The third one is that it's contagious. You know we talk about sicknesses and diseases and how viruses can be contagious. You remember just a few years ago now it's little almost three years ago that we went into quarantine and you couldn't you could go to Walmart. I remember one lady had a, a, a mask, two masks, and a shield over her face. She had gloves on. There was nothing. She was, she was again, concerned. But you couldn't go to restaurants. You, you couldn't go to different places that you might catch the virus. But can you imagine during the height of COVID if there was a restaurant? Let's, let's assume this. And, and there was a big sign outside, Open! We have confirmed all of our cooks have COVID. We call them the COVID cooks. All of our waitresses and waiters are diagnosed and confirmed with COVID. Come in and eat a big COVID meal on us. We would be like, are you kidding me? I can't even believe I'm reading that. But a lot of us will allow people to come into our life that is discouraged, and I'm not talking about being mean. I'm talking about letting them and allowing them to speak into your life. Discouragement. When we realize that discouragement is contagious, we're very protective. Also, discouragement is circumstantial. You know, some people would would be able to divert around being discouraged if if they could predict what's going to happen. But doesn't life happen to all of us? Things that we never could have thought would happen, and they're circumstantial. They just, circumstances happen. You know, I'm blessed to have some land, and, and I have some cows, livestock. And it's something because those cows like to eat, even during the winter. So you have to buy hay for the cows. Well, last year, we went through a drought, and it I, I found that I was just, man, so excited because I found some hay. And you know those big old bells of hay, you know, that they eat? I had bought forty bales, and it was expensive this year because you couldn't find it hardly anywhere. I paid $100 a hundred dollars a bale for those hay bales. I had six bales from the year before, so I was—I have enough to make it through the winter. It just so happened about a month after I bought that hay that a fire about a mile away from my property, began to spread on the grass of that area and it began to come closer and closer and my neighbor called me about the time that it hit that portion of my property and burned up all that hay. Boom. I had to buy 30 more bales of hay for not $100 a bale, but now $125 a bale. Circumstances happen to all of us. First of the year, there was a, a spot that in our house that had to be fixed. And let me tell you what happened. The, the guy that came in, the plumber said, if you would like to have plumbing, I don't know if you know, I'm rich. I have indoor plumbing in my house. And the plumber said, you have a break right there in the foundation about three feet down. Now that's bad news, but it gets worse. He said, this is how much it's going to cost to fix it. When everything was done and he jackhammered down and fixed the pipe and covered it back up and put the concrete back and we just had the tile fixed, $7,000. Anybody beside me feeling discouraged at this moment? (laughs) Circumstances happen. And sometimes you can get in a conversation around food or whatever, lunch or at the, you know, whatever, at work. And somebody will trump that. And someone will trump that. Well, you don't know. But we all go through circumstances in our life. Maybe you've had a loved one that has passed away. And that has brought discouragement because of the circumstances of the loss in your life. And the last one that I want to mention is that discouragement is deadly. It can kill relationships. It can kill your health. It it can kill your finances when we try to buy stuff and spend money just to feel better. But also, it can kill your dreams. And, and I believe that the disciples at this point are thinking, you know, I had a dream that this is going to ha- take place. I'm going to be in this part of the kingdom of God. And it just didn't happen like I expected it to happen. But I want to encourage you today that if you're in a place of discouragement, you can say, I can do this because Jesus paid for it all. let me explain. In Revelations chapter 21, it says this, and he, which is Jesus, who was seated on the throne, said this, behold, I'm making all things new. Now, let me give you a quiz. What is he making new? All things. See, he's not just talking about the end of times when he's going to make all things new. He's making all things new in that present tense right now. And making all things new included you and your future and your hope for tomorrow. It's not hinging on if you have circumstances go one way or the other for you. I'm making all things new. This morning, I want you to think about that a minute. Because when the voice of Jesus says, I'm going to make all things new, it began on the day of resurrection for him. A friend came up to a young man named Danny and said, Danny, would you like to go exploring caves with me? I've been to this one place. I think you'll love it. It's difficult, but you'll love it. And he says, I love adventure. I'll go with you. So they came to the mouth of the cave, and it was kind of dark, and he started going, uh-oh. But, but they began to walk through this cave with the light that they had, and, and pretty soon it got pretty pretty narrow, so they had to stoop down until they could barely walk through it, until the time period where the opening got so small that they had to get down on all and they begin to crawl through the opening. But that's not all. (laughs) It got so small that they had to turn on their back and lay on their back and begin to push with their legs through the hole. Is anybody freaking out beside me just telling the story? But it even got smaller. Smaller. It got such a small and tight opening that they would have to, listen to this, they would have to exhale just to let the air out of their lungs enough that they could push again with their feet to get through. When they would inhale and bring the air up in their lungs, they would get stuck. That's how tight it was. At that moment, Danny began to hear the voice. You're stuck. You're going to die in this cave. About that time, his friend that was ahead of him said, Danny, Danny, I know what you're thinking and what you're hearing those voices that are saying, you're stuck, you'll never get out of this place. But I want you to trust me because I've been here before, and just a few more feet, and we're going to get through this and get to a place that you've never seen the grandeur of a cave before. This is amazing. If you'll just trust me, listen to me, just listen to my voice. Danny died in that cave that day. No, I'm just kidding. Happy Easter, you're dismissed. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Danny listened to the voice of his friend. And he said later, he said that as we pushed through there and, and exhaling and inhaling enough to just be able to fit a little bit more, a little bit more, until it opened up again and we began to crawl. Then we began to walk, stooped over, and then we began to walk until we got to the the cavern or the sanctuary of the cave and never before had I seen the stalagmites and the stalagmites that are from the ceiling and on the ceiling and on the floor of the cave it was an experience that he said that he had never had before and it was brilliant the purpose of the illustration is to ask you when you're in that kind of situation whose voice are you listening to what voice are you giving your attention to? Because what I've learned in my life, whatever I give attention to determines my direction. And my direction determines my destination. It's not good intentions. It's not like, I, I, I think I'm going to... No, no, no. Whatever gets my attention, that's why it's imperative for the believer to be in the Word of God. That's why it's imperative for me to be in church. Why? Can I lift weights on my own and do things? Yeah, but it's easier to be around other people pushing me and exciting me and trying to say, you can do this. That's why we come to church to celebrate, but also to be encouraged in the Lord to hear the voice and give direction to the voice of God. Now listen to this. Jesus says in John that my sheep hear my voice. And then he gets to John 10.10 that says the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come to give you life to the full, to the overflow. If you've been in this church more than a few weeks, you know that we're big on that, that God has come to give us life, and we go, "Woo!" Wait, just a minute, didn't I have life before? No, no, he's not just come to give us life. He's come to give us life to the full And even to the overflow. Well, why do I need to overflow? Just give me a a little bit, you know, just for me and mine. Just give me a little. Let me tell you, that's selfish. Let me say it again. That's selfish. But when you believe that God has come to give us life to the full, to the overflow, we have more than enough to share. See, when you're not a believer, when you get to that place and the voices begin to speak over you and you have never had a start over by grace in your life, you begin to look at life as, this is what life is. This is where I am right now. Where the difference is for a believer, you begin to say, what can my life become? Why? Why? because it's a fresh vision of what God can do in our lives. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, listen to this, your future by using your past against you. Some of you got that. Let me say it again. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy your future by using your past against you. That's where discouragement comes in. To think, just like in that crazy illustration of the cave, and Danny says, I can't believe I'm stuck here. And worse, I made the choice to be here. But this morning on Easter, God is saying, I have been there before. Just keep coming. Trust me. Hear my voice. I've made a way, even where there seems to be no way, and a path where there seems to be. Just keep coming. Just keep coming. I know that you're about ready to panic. I know that you're about ready to flip out. But let me give you hope that you can do this. When God gives us a fresh vision of what our life can become, not what it is right now, we start believing that better days are ahead of us. Now, let me give you kind of something that I've I've learned, that fresh vision in your life will bring encouragement. It'll bring encouragement. Fresh vision of what God has for your life. And then encouragement leads to hope. And then hope will lead to change. And then change will lead to better days ahead. How is that possible? Because he paid for it all. The day that the resurrection happened, condemnation was canceled. The sting of sin and death was healed the believer's life is justified so so let me just say this what does life on the other side of the cross look like it's a blessed life that's why I want to encourage you today if you're not a believer in Jesus Christ it's the most important decision you'll make for eternity See, grace forgives you and future vision fuels you to go to places that you never thought you could because you're not going on your own. I've come to give you life to the full, to the overflow. It's a superior life. You, you have life and sometimes in the bible it's written in greek and sometimes it's sometimes in english it's one word we have to use you know several words in english to explain see all of us get bio kind of life that that's the kind of the duration from birth to death but see in the greek what god says that kind of life that he gives us is called zoe life it's the abundance that people sometimes can't even dare to believe in because it sounds so good And when we begin to say, God, your word says that about us, that you've come to give us that kind of life, that when we get in the caves of our circumstantial life and the discouragement presses in, that you're with us. Yeah. See, we don't boast on our own self, but because of the grace of Jesus and what he did on the cross for us, our sins are forgiven. It gives us hope and a relentless push to continue to go, realizing that tomorrow is better than today. In a few minutes, we're going to show you a few seconds. I'm going to show you a video. And at Easter, sometimes we need to be reminded of how much it costs to pay it all for us. At our church, we take the Lord's Supper once a month, in order to remind us of what Jesus did on the cross for us in the resurrection, that we might have life. And I want to show you this, and at the end of this video, I'm just going to give you an opportunity to give your heart to God, and maybe some of us will just recommit our life to God. Say, God, I love you. Thank you again for what you've done on the cross. But God, thank you for resurrecting Jesus Christ out of that tomb that again proves that he was God and came to love us. Gentlemen.
0: Hallelujah.
1: The Bible calls Jesus our Redeemer. A Redeemer is somebody that has paid it, paid the price. A Redeemer is another word that is called the Avenger. When we think of what happened in the garden with Adam and Eve and sin and destruction coming into the earth, That God set a plan, as we've been talking about at our church for the last few weeks, to bring about salvation to you and I. Why? To give us hope that there's better days ahead. This morning, when we begin to realize that our Father loves us so much, that he made provision for us to send our Redeemer, and he lives today that this morning that you can experience that forgiveness in your life that will empower you with fresh vision to be able to go through any kind of discouragement. I want to give you that opportunity. Some of you will look back on April the 9th. 2023 as a fresh start in your life. This morning, just to keep it private, would you just bow your heads for a few minutes? This is a decision that only you can make. If I could make it for you, I'd already made it. Some of you, if you have children, you'd already made it for them. But each person has to make that decision for themselves. Just like I've made that decision for myself. Let me tell you what the Word of God says. It says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That there's none righteous, no, not one. The Bible goes on to say this, though. For the wages of sin is death. If we continue in that lifestyle, if we continue not being a believer in Jesus, that there is a wage that comes and that's death. But the good news is it doesn't stop there. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Here's what some of us need to hear. It's a free gift. You can't earn your way to heaven. You can't be good enough. You can't jump through any kind of hoops to be able to be good enough to get to heaven. It is accepting the free gift of salvation of what Jesus did on the cross in forgiving our sins. The Bible says that if we confess with our mouth that God raised Jesus from the dead, that we will be saved. You say, Pastor, that's that sounds pretty easy. That's why God loved you so much. He made it that easy. You know, over the years, man has tried to make it difficult, but God says, no, 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 just put your faith in me. I want your heart. I want you. I I, I died for you. This morning, you have that opportunity, and I just want to ask you, again, with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, would you just raise your hand if you say, Pastor, I, I want to receive today Jesus into my life. Thank you. Anybody else? Thanks. Thank you. Anybody else? Just slip it up and slip it down. Thank you. Maybe some of you have already slipped your hand up, but maybe some of you that have already made a commitment to Jesus in your past, and you say, Pastor, I I just kind of, it's not that I I don't experience. I just don't believe right now for grace in my life. You don't know what I've done. You don't know what I've said. I I don't know. Let me tell you right now. God says my grace is sufficient for you. There's nothing that you can do that I won't forgive you. And maybe this morning, maybe, maybe you've been in church for 50 years and you say, you know what, I want a fresh start in my life. Just raise your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Now now watch this. You that raised your hand as well as everybody in here, as we spend the next few minutes, would you just begin, you that raised your hand, to say, God, come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. God, I put you number one in my life us that are in this church that did not raise your hand, I want you to pray. God, I ask you to, God, open my eyes to encouragement. Because, God, the discouragement that the enemy has thrown on me will not hold itself on me anymore. As believers, we begin to see things that God is showing us in our life. Would you pray with me, all of us, God, today, Father, for those that raise their hands for a new start, for those that are beginning a start right now in their life, God, I pray that, God, that they would understand, God, the love that you had for them is so great. God, that there's nothing like that that they've ever experienced before. Father, I encourage them to get into your word and for themselves get a revelation that you are love. And Father, that they would get a revelation of what God you say about them. Not what somebody else has said about them. But what God says about them. That God, they are the righteousness in Christ Jesus. When they receive you into their life, their sins are forgiven. And it is no more. Father, now I pray for this church. The God that we can say, I can do this. Because God, you gave us the kind of Zoe life that is the abundant life. The God that when we know, we know, God, that we're going to go through discouragement. That's not why we look for it or we receive. But God, when we go through discouragement, we have the ability to again hear the voice of our Savior. That says, I have been this way before and you can do it. You can come out of that dark place. You can get hope when you put it in me because I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. You can go through discouragement, but God says I will be there with you just like he'll be with all of us. This morning I thank you, God, for sending your son to die on the cross for us. That we that have put our faith in you, that we have believed on you, should not perish but will have everlasting life. God, I thank you for that. That our sins are forgiven. In Jesus' name, amen. Easter Sunday, 2023. Better days are ahead for you. Better days are ahead for you. Well, okay. No, no, no. I want you to begin saying that all week. Better days are ahead for me. Why? Because of something you are going to... It's because of who lives in you. Better days are ahead. Better days ahead. Circumstances are going to come. I know in my life, hay's going to burn up and plumbing problems are going to happen. But better days are ahead. Can you say amen? Amen. That means so be it. Say amen. Amen. So be it. Amen. Well, today has been a wonderful day. I want to give you an opportunity to be a giver on the way out. We have ushers with offering uh, plates. Uh, if you want to just drop your offering in. Also, it's a wonderful day. of It's a beautiful day outside. We're going to have an Easter egg hunt. I, I think that our children will clean up all the eggs in a few minutes. I mean, we don't have that problem, do we? Uh, so what we're going to do is I believe they're going to have it out front and so if you could just watch, it's beautiful. The service ended. The pastor kind of a little short-winded today. Hallelujah on that. So you got a few more minutes. If you'll just watch the children, take some pictures, you know, look at some proud parents and say, that kid right there must be the prettiest kid out of here. And you'll make their day. And then you'll go home, have a wonderful lunch. But again, be encouraged. Would you stand with me? Thank you again for all those that have put so much work in today, in this beautiful today, and all the, the things that are around and the food that was prepared. We thank you all for doing that. All right, you guys are dismissed. Go have a great Sunday.